So obviously, uh, we didn't get to talk about the Gino thing because it happened uh, after this recording. But my feeling on this is another one of these. This We're going to have to see how this shakes out because as far as losing one of the guys, I mean, this this is big. This is huge. This is on the level, if not bigger, than losing Seawald of what the guy brings to the team. Um, big and clutch situations, maybe not as much – Last year, but um, plays a good third base. Yeah, you are eliminating the strikeouts, but I'm, right now I'm trying to focus on what positives we are are walking away from by trading him to Arizona, which I don't think the return on this is what it's about. It's about clearing up some spending money that um, Jerry and the organization are uh, allowed to spend. Um. I look at the third basemen that are available. There's a lot of third basemen that maybe you can just lock up for a year. But a lot of these guys are a bit older than than Gino. I, but I do look at a Evan Longoria, a Turner, um, one year with them. Uh, low commitment is not too bad. Um, you're definitely looking at people that make more contact. But... Um, you know, Gino, as far as what he brought with the good vibes, he's leaving this organization and the locker room in a better place. But a, a big fan favorite, I know my 92-year-old grandma, uh, Norma, does not want to discuss this right now. Uh, Hannah was a huge fan of Gino, especially what he's done with his glove. So it's going to be interesting to hear what happens on Mondays, and gosh, I feel bad for uh, Luis Castillo. This is one of the guys he played with, came up with in Cincinnati, and, um, you know, probably a big instrumental part of making, uh, you know, the Rock feel comfortable and wanted and signing the deal here. One of those definitely like, hey, you better show me why you did this situation. I get it. I understand it. It, it just hurts. It's just one of those ones that just hurts, especially around the holidays. But again, he's shown a lot of these younger players, you know, like Julio and Cal and all these guys, the way, you know. Uh, the Mariners have had some of these really good um, veteran uh, mentor types in the locker room, whether it was Carlos Santana, whether it's Gino, whether it's Teo, um, you know, kind of – I kind of think back to like when the Seahawks kind of did this with Lawyer Malloy, with Sidney Rice. You had veterans come in with those Legion of Boom guys, and you know, in the 2010 and uh, 2011 seasons, uh, when these guys were first coming up, uh, really showing them the way. I'm hoping that's what's happening here. I know with Kyle Seeger, uh, you had a Real leader in the clubhouse, very outspoken on his way out, very bittersweet end. But, you know, he shaped and molded a lot of what you see out of leadership from from J.P. Crawford. And, uh, you know, Gino came in here, and this is a big credit to Gino. It's like we feel like a lot of us feel like, wow, we didn't even miss a beat, you know, 
Seeger and Suarez had different strengths, but a lot of similarities. And uh, one of them was definitely uh, providing runs. Uh, not great on the average and really, really good in the field. Maybe playing their best. I mean, we all know how Kyle Seeger was, was with the glove, and we saw how Gino kept improving and, for my money, was snubbed of not being a finalist. <laughs> for you know third base uh gold glove third baseman but anyways it's a tough one i am going to eat my emotions on this one and we'll talk a little bit about it on monday with hanno one thing i do want to mention that the uh eugenio trade to arizona does to me at least and maybe to other people it kind of leaves this triggering feeling. It definitely hit this funny bone. It definitely triggered the feeling of trading Paul Seawald, another beloved Mariner last season that we had to watch play throughout the playoffs into the World Series from you know outside the gymnasium, staring in at the dance, watching everybody else have fun, at watching everybody else fog up the windows. And that's how it felt. Um, but I would be remiss if I did not feel good about what we got in return, especially in Canzone. Bliss does look promising in the minors as well, and Rojas is good bench depth, especially from the left side. Canzone does not strike out a lot. Uh, he's a put-it-in-play guy, which it seems like that's what the Mariners are rebuilding to be as far as the lineup. This next year. So going forward, I do feel like it was a pretty good trade. Uh, Last year, you know, it was hard to see how that was going to help the Mariners, you know, right then and there. Um, Possibly that trade was a trade for the future, Um, which I shouldn't say possibly because that's that's pretty much how it was laid out but then there was also like no this helps the lineup this year which is also just a little bit of a cleanup job when the Mariners went on that long streak to not act like they threw in the towel we're kind of discussing all of that right here that we did at the Sloop Tavern in Ballard along with the need of finding somebody to be that closer on the Mariners check it out yes once you lost Seawald your bullpen just wasn't like your strong point anymore it was um, it was not anything that anybody feared. They couldn't shorten the game as much. Uh, but also he gave up some, he gave up a couple of games in Arizona. I don't know what the war on that trade is like, but, uh, maybe in the long run it could be better. But last year it definitely sucked for what we needed. If they were going to give him up for more offense, uh, like Hanno said, he thinks it was a trade for the future and just the Mariners got themselves back into it. It wasn't a, a trade for last year, right? You know, is that what you said? Yeah. I just felt like the Mariners felt they were out of it and yeah, it was to uh, acquire something for a guy that um, was your best trade piece that would give you back the most value. And uh, that's why they did it. And I kind of got to agree with you, Myron. I mean, yeah, last year was tough, but, and I kind of like Canzone too. It's still early on him. We haven't seen the young kid bliss who was in Tacoma. 
I was reading the second baseman. I was reading he won the uh, fall league MVP for defense. So and, the and jury's Rojas. still out on him. Rojas was okay. So yeah, I guess I would just say it's a, it, the, the trade's incomplete to judge it right now. Yeah, and Rojas is good depth. I have no problem as a depth guy. Is that the guy I want to trot out there and be starting second baseman on opening day? I'd, I'd hope maybe it's something stronger, but he's definitely – um, one of those guys that I'm like, I like him better than I like a Haggerty and maybe even a Dylan Moore. I don't know. So uh, I, I kind of like that for, for that, but, um, and, uh, but it gets back to Ma's point. We're, we're going to need a closer or something. I mean, or, uh, someone to replace what Seawald gave us. Are we going with Munoz brash again? Do we feel that they can be the guys that can take that role, that responsibility, or are they not? Or are we going to have to go get a closer? Are we going to have to go get a third setup guy, like you said, Myron, to shorten the game? So someone needs to be picked up no matter what, like Ma said. Yeah, there is an opening. I don't care whether they say there is no closer or it's, it's, it's high leverage only. I, I know you need a closer. Yeah, and – you know, my opinion is there's a there's a new breed of closer out there these days too. You get these guys that are uh, coming up throwing 103 miles an hour. You know, like uh, Duran maybe. There's just like four or five guys in MLB right now that are throwing 102 plus 103. You're seeing it, you know. And there's guys these guys in the minor that are just coming up that are a new breed. And I think that's the new kind of closer that that I would like to see the Mariners have. 